a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Back Rebels and Imperials to Force Ghost Coast to Coast. I am Brian, and with me, as always, are my friends Liz and Matt. Hello, friends. How are you? Good. Yeah. Doing well. Doing well. Yeah. The, we are... the cold streak has broken here in uh, the tri-state, so that's nice. Yes. Yes, it is nice that I'm looking out my basement window right now, and there is melting snow. I can actually see some of the ground in my backyard for Ooh. the first time in a very long time, so... That is nice. Yeah, it yeah. is. I nice. mean, there there was a point where you probably couldn't see out that window at all. So. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Yes, that is true. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad that's over with. Um, but yeah, so we are we are here. Uh, we are talking about some, a recent addition to Disney Plus, and that is the Muppet Show. The Muppet Show Yay. has more or less all been added. There are a couple of songs that have been cut out of episodes because of copyright reasons. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, the Muppet Show is now on Disney Plus. Uh, we are a pro Muppets household, and I, uh, I presume a pro Muppets podcast, correct? Definitely. Yes, I am less familiar with the Muppets than the two of you, perhaps. Um, but I, I was a big fan of their baby rendition. Um, okay. <laughs> so, oh. yeah. The yeah. the cartoon Muppet Babies. <laughs> yes, I loved Muppet Babies. Oh, who didn't love Muppet Babies? Yeah, yeah. And there's, there's but, actually w- a... watching the show. I I don't think I I I know that I had watched some of the original Muppet Show, but I guess didn't realize that as much as it existed as a I don't know like a Thirty Rock, both behind the scenes and in front of the camera yes. SNL esque thing. Yes. So that that was cool to see. I don't think I really understood what the show was until we watched it. So that was nice. Okay, yeah, the Muppet Show is a lot of fun, uh, and, and I will I will say that like your enjoyment of the Muppet Show to me is totally based episode per episode because some of them are are not great and some of them are really really funny. And mm-hmm. there's sort of no rhyme or reason to that. Uh, you know, the, ho- <laughs> the the host helps a little bit, but like on SNL. When you have Steven Seagal hosting, it's going to be a bad week, right? But on the Muppet <laughs> Show, it's it's not quite that um, host dependent, but it is mm-hmm. somewhat. Um, and the first season is a little rough, just like I think most first seasons of TV shows struggle until they figure out sort of what the show is. Yeah, and once they, they know they what, find their voice. Yeah. yeah, once once the voice is found. You know, it, it goes a lot smoother. So that's that's definitely true of the Muppet Show. And on the Muppet Show, that's actually a literal thing as well. Some of the voice work is not really there until later seasons. Like Miss Piggy's voice is totally different in the first season than the Miss Piggy, Piggy voice that we have come to know and love. So it takes a while. But uh, the episode that we are talking about is from, I believe, the fourth season. Mm-hmm. Um is that we seemed when they really were able to land big names. Yes, uh, there is definitely an episode, uh, at least one per season, where I have no idea who the host is, and, <laughs> and, and I would consider myself a relatively like informed pop culture person. Like I, I know a lot of old man media. Let's put it that way, <laughs> and I do not know half the guests on the early seasons of the Muppet Show. 
Uh, but this episode is billed as starring the stars of Star Wars. And that means that we get Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, mm-hmm. C-3PO, R2-D2, and Chewbacca, the actual actors from the films, Peter Mayhew, um, Anthony Daniels, and Kenny Baker playing those I parts. Was, I was going to ask that because this is by far just the saddest, most downtrodden Chewbacca <laughs> <laughs> that we've I, ever seen. A, he's naked, and I don't know why. I was just going to say, it's because he's missing his bandolier and looks crazy without it. <laughs> the, the props department lost it or something, or he just wasn't allowed to wear it. It was very bizarre. He just looks, I, I guess he always looks like Bigfoot in a belt, but he just like stomped around looking like a sad Bigfoot knockoff. Yes. And it the, was bad. The other part of uh the other part of this episode that's interesting is that both Luke Skywalker is on it and Mark Hamill is on it uh in (laughs) in the universe in the fiction of the Muppet show uh they are cousins Mark Hamill and Luke Skywalker and so Luke basically only does Star Wars stuff and any non-Star Wars stuff is handled by Mark um, this is actually a really fun way to go about doing this episode Mm -hmm. I, I was not expecting this uh, and it was it was really a fun little twist on on the typical Muppet Show episode. Would you guys agree with that assessment of the Mark Hamill Luke Skywalker situation? Yeah, I, I agree with it one hundred percent. I could not get past it in a way that I just liked it so much that mm-hmm. they had them play <laughs> that well, just had Mark Hamill play two different characters himself. And Luke Skywalker, it was just, I don't know, it was just such a fun way to go about doing this. It almost felt like, they said, I know I said it earlier before we started the show, that they were like, Luke Skywalker can do nothing silly. Mm -hmm. But as we know, Mark Hamill is always game for goofiness. Yes, yes. He will sing and dance. I loved it. It just, it it really rang out Mark Hamill. Um, And it was great to see that because you really don't see Mark Hamill as himself. You've seen him as a bunch of other people. Um, I mean, either Luke Skywalker or uh, the Joker or whoever, but this was just Mark Hamill being his goofy self, um, and I loved it. And you got to see a very interesting, I feel like it was, so was this filmed before Empire Strikes Back? This was filmed during the filming of Empire Strikes Back. Okay, because th- this felt a little bit like um, the Splinter of the Mind, where it was a different idea of Luke Skywalker, a very radicalized, um, <laughs> yes. eager Luke Skywalker. <laughs> He's yelling that... like, for Alderaan! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Times. I, I, I did write down how this mentioned Alderaan more than the rest of the films did. Um, so that was an interesting, like, freedom fighter-looking Luke Skywalker um, before he, you know, continues down his path of misery. So that was a neat thing to see, too. <laughs> Yes, I liked how everyone complimented his outfit. <laughs> yes, wow. Yes, yes. Uh, that is a very like Muppet Show thing to mm-hmm. pick a joke and then stick with it yes. for the entire episode. You know, like mm-hmm. um, one of my favorite jokes in the Muppet movie, which if anyone hasn't seen the Muppet movies, those first three, maybe I'll say the first four movies are impeccable movies, just the best. In the first Muppet movie, there are two jokes. Um, Whenever Kermit says the word myth, a waitress with a lisp says yeth. <laughs> like she's, she's <laughs> thinking he's saying miss. 
<laughs> but he's just saying myth. And then whenever anybody says they're lost, somebody says try Harry Krishna, and it happens like over and over again <laughs> in the movie. These these cheesy little jokes that that pop up, and so everyone complimenting his outfit is like a perfect Muppet joke. Um, mm-hmm. really, can really I good. can I can I ask a question for our younger listeners? Absolutely. Um, so the Muppet world the 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 canon of the muppet Muppet cinematic universe yes okay muppet cinematic universe are they are the (laughs) muppets sentient puppets what are they okay because there's no people in the audience there's only muppets but the muppets do interact with actual people so it's i i don't understand the dynamic okay so as far as i understand and liz correct me if i'm wrong here the Muppets live in our world, mm-hmm. and they are like I. I think that Muppet is the um, is I'm trying to think of if it's the genus or the uh, or whatever. <laughs> but like so, so there are. See, it's it's tricky because oftentimes Kermit will come into contact with another frog, like both a Muppet frog or a non-Muppet frog. I don't know how else, how to describe mm-hmm. him, a real frog. And he sort of sees kinship with both. And I think he sees himself as both a Muppet and a frog. So he is he is sort of... The Muppets exist in this liminal space between reality <laughs> and, and fiction okay. where they, they sort of... They're both real and not real. Um, mm-hmm. But the, like, the underlying message to me of the Muppets is that nothing is more precious than the joke. So there are times they will reference being puppets because it's for a joke. Okay. Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. Liz, would you disagree with any of that? No, I, I agree with that. And I feel like at a certain point when I was a child, I hoped that I would run into a literal Muppet because yes. the Muppet universe – the Muppet Cinematic Universe or the MCU. The MCU, now. yes. <laughs> um, you know, it made it seem as if <laughs> Muppets and humans could and would interact and Kermit could get sent to the gulag, unfortunately, which always seemed very sad to me. Yes, yes. <laughs> if, if, if you have seen either of the two 2010s Muppet films, uh, both of those essentially poke fun at this very idea of like Muppets and humans interacting. Um, there is a family that has a Muppet brother and a human brother in it, for instance. Um, oh. Yes. But so uh, so, so that is sort of the Muppet primer. Uh, Matt and Liz, you both took, took notes on this and uh, I've done too much talking already. So how does the, how does the first, uh, how does the episode begin? So we, we see uh the Scottish Argyle Gargler um, bumped in uh, place of Luke Skywalker, who has, through a time vortex, ended up on the Muppet soundstage. Um, and Kermit decides to just go with it, which I guess is kind of a Muppet-esque thing to do, right? Is that... Yeah, I mean, I would also think that just the, the Argyle Gargler is not exactly a great get. And so, you know, Kermit, Kermit's a producer here, right? So no offense to you guys, but if I got a phone call today that said Mark Hamill can do an interview today, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not saying I would Argyle Gargler you, but I would I would certainly 
I would certainly prioritize Mark Hamill over uh, over myself. Hell, if, if they said he could only be on the show, but he's the host, as the producer, I would step aside from Mark Hamill, right? So I, I think yeah. I think Kermit's basically doing the same thing here. Yeah, because they they're um, searching for their friend Chewbacca, who yes. is lost yet again somehow. Yes, and they have tracked him into. What I guess is New York? Are they perform out of New York or L.A., I'm guessing? I'm guessing it's Hollywood. You know? Hollywood? Yeah, yes. I figured it was either New York, L.A., or Toronto. I don't... <laughs> well, if it's current TV, it's probably Vancouver or Georgia. But, you know, uh, <laughs> at this time, TV was still filmed in Hollywood, I believe. Which, which, which I know is is technically part of Los Angeles, but I feel like in Muppet culture, Hollywood is its own place. Um, yeah. You know, but anyway, yeah, so, so, that is, so that's how the show begins. And then, much like with the Muppet shows, uh, all throughout, the 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 hosts do or the special guest stars rather do not appear in every sketch. You know, they they appear probably maybe half the time. Would we say mm-hmm. that's not about right? And part of that, I'm sure, is just that they were able to film so much of this stuff before, like you know, when the host isn't there that week. You know, kind of like how the SNL fake commercials never have the host in it because <laughs> mm-hmm. they film yeah. all those in September before the season starts and just dole <laughs> them out over the course of the season. So, you know, kind of a similar thing here. And so um, there aren't a ton of uh, of sketches that have the Star Wars folks in it. Um, but before we get to that, I do want to talk about one thing that I found very jarring and I totally understand why. I understand why they could not afford to have lightsaber technology on this show. And so Luke never pulls out a lightsaber at any point in this episode. Mm. But the lightsaber noise is used multiple times. And I don't know if that was meant for us. Like when he's off camera, whenever he comes into a room, the lightsaber noise is used. So I don't know if that's, I don't know if in Mm. the fiction of the show, he is like opening doors with lightsabers (laughs) and then putting it away. Or in the fiction of the show, if the blaster makes the lightsaber noise. Great question. Maybe they were confused with Star Trek that the lightsaber noise was the door noise. Or... <laughs> that could very well be the case. That's I, I hadn't even considered that, Liz. Thank mm. you for uh, thank you for for clarifying that. Yeah, um, option three there. Yeah, exactly. But it does it does seem like it's weird to see Luke hanging out so much without a lightsaber. Like even in um, the Last Jedi, when he's not using a lightsaber. He's kind of dressed in a way where you kind of picture the lightsabers always on his hip, even if you can't see it, even though Mm -hmm. we know that's not the case. But, you know, he just he was walking around very Jedi in this. He's walking around very much like a rebel, not like a Jedi. And it's it's an unusual look for the character after the first 10 minutes of A New Hope. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's the farm boy Luke, even though we don't see farm boy Luke very much on screen. That costumization of him has lasted until today. So yeah, it's interesting to see that snapshot of him. Yeah, and, just and he, point, pointing a gun at chickens and uh... <laughs> yes, and, and we should we should also note here this is the first time that the outfit he wears in Empire is ever seen. Oh, so uh, that was mm-hmm. apparently an, an interesting. People, real Star Wars fans, consider this like it's funny how. Uh, we don't. We first see Boba Fett in the holiday special. We first see Luke's new outfit in the Muppet Show. <laughs> so, so much of uh, Empire Strikes Back comes to us from ancillary television media. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so uh, 
let's see. Was there anything else before we get into the sketches you guys wanted to talk about with sort of how this is presented? Hmm. No, I don't think so. Mm -mm. So um, let's see. There's there's a bunch of uh, there are, are a bunch of sketches that sort of feel. Uh, how can I put this? Like they were trying to find a way to fit Star Wars in, but they didn't actually want to write any Star Wars sketches. <laughs> you know? Um, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, you know, most of the Star Wars action takes place backstage, um, mm -hmm. uh, which which is, you know, um, not that unusual for the Muppet Show, but this seems like it's more backstage-centric than other. Um, I do like the fact that the reason that they go there was because um, they're looking for Chewbacca, and the the note they got said, to Luke Skywalker, C-3PO, and R2-D2, help by being held prisoner by a bunch of weird turkeys. And uh, <laughs> 3PO says, it does sound like your show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again, the, the awareness of the Muppets of Star Wars as a franchise mm -hmm. and the awareness of Luke Skywalker of both variety shows and the Muppets was very interesting. Yes. I mean, it's on Disney plus. Does it count as Canon? <laughs> it could, could be. Question. That is could an be. excellent question. Yeah. Um, all right. So um, I, I'm just going to skip ahead to the couple of star Wars things that happened here, I guess. Um, I mean, can I, was it sacrilegious to say that my favorite part wasn't the star Wars one? What was your favorite part? Scooter's song is great. Oh, oh we'll get to that in a second. Because oh. there is a Star Wars thing in there. Oh. Uh, we'll get to it in a second. But um, let's see. Was there, I'm trying to think of anything else before then. Um, no, okay. So, so yeah. So but before we see, hear that actual song, we see Scooter practicing the song. And actually, I'll bring this up now. Behind Scooter is a signed photo of Luke Skywalker. Oh, mm. So that is okay. that is the Star Wars connection in that song, um, but that is a, that, that <laughs> bring is a, it all back. That is a fantastic song, mm -hmm. really, really good. Um, and I feel like it's a song that, if this show were new today, I think that would be like a viral hit. Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's a really really good song. Um, but so before we get to that song. Uh, Kermit asks if any of the Star Wars cast will do a song, and uh, R2 says he'll do a song, but uh, no one seems too happy about that. But then uh, Fozzie mistakes Luke Skywalker for Mark Hamill, and Luke explains, no, that's my cousin. Let me go out and get him. And then Mark Hamill returns, wearing an Argyle sweater and with a slightly different hairstyle. Um, and then we, we, we get to see Mark Hamill do some impressions, which again, like Mark Hamill is a known voice actor after mm -hmm. this, but this is a nice little just sort of, uh, you know, tease for his future career. Um, oh, that's a great point. Yeah. 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 He does so many things. He sings, he dances, he tells jokes. He does, you know, some impressions just yeah. all in this one little skit. He gargles some Gershwin mm -hmm. Angus. <laughs> I was impressed, and he worked harder on the Muppets than most hosts I've seen on SNL. <laughs> yes, that is true. Like he gave it his all, and so, it was well worth it. So here's something I found out on uh, Instagram recently. Mark Hamill had posted that one of his best friends it was someone named Richard Hunt, 
who was one of the original Muppet performers. Richard Hunt did the, the voice and the actions for Scooter, among others. And Richard Hunt went to high school with my mom, was friends with my no. mom. Yes. No. Yes. Uh, sadly, he died of AIDS uh, in the late 80s. And mm. so I never got a chance to exploit their friendship. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, but, but so I, I guess Mark Hamill and Richard Hunt were friends. I don't know if they became friends like on this show or if they were friends beforehand, but it certainly seems like Mark Hamill was willing to go there and be a Muppet performer. Like you said, Matt, you know, mm -hmm. he, does, he does a really good job of fitting into the theme of the show. Um, in a way, I can't imagine Johnny Cash really uh, <laughs> brought the same, or or Twiggy. Well, can you imagine how unhappy Harrison Ford would have been if he, if he was the if he was the Star Wars representative on the Muppet Show? Well, I was I was talking with Eileen about this. How far it, it makes you remember how far Mark Hamill is from Luke Skywalker. There, Luke Skywalker is a character. Yes. Um, the same way with Carrie Fisher is a character. Um, but uh, Harrison Ford is a grumpy old man and was a grumpy, <laughs> horny young man, um, which is Han Solo then and Han Solo now as a grumpy ghost, I guess, in the current <laughs> timeline. So I don't think Harrison Ford ever really acts much. <laughs> All of his roles are just Harrison Ford playing Harrison Ford in some yeah. way. Get off my Millennium Falcon. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, he's he's playing slightly crabbier or happier versions of himself. <laughs> but, but that's that's pretty much all we get from Harrison Ford. Um, and he's been very successful, so good oh, for him. Yeah. Certainly. Oh yeah. I I would say that Han Solo and Indiana Jones are the most characters he plays and those are barely characters but like you know yeah because he wears glasses in one of them <laughs> exactly put on some glasses and a blazer and uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> archaeologist <laughs> yes. um but yeah so i mean you cannot imagine how bad a mark hamill hosted episode of this would be I mean, sorry, reverse that. A Harrison Ford hosted episode of this would be. Thank yeah. goodness we got we got Mark Hamill instead of Harrison mm -hmm. Ford. Um, but so, uh, you know, we get a couple of silly sketches. We get the Six String Orchestra song by Scooter, which, again, is a fantastic song. Um, and then uh, we see that um, there was – there's going to be a Pigs in Space episode, which only makes sense that Pigs in Space is the crossover mm -hmm. with uh, Star Wars. Pigs in Space is more often considered a Star Trek parody. Um, Look, it, Swine Trek is not exactly a, a parody <laughs> as much as a sideways name. It's very – because I believe there was the ship, the Swine Trek? I believe so, yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because yeah. Swine Trek is all uh, – like – is sort of a parody of Star Trek. Right. I mean, Darth Nader is just a pornography name. Right. That was... I immediately thought of. <laughs> yep. Because it's Gonzo. Yes, exactly. Darth Nader. Ooh, what? <laughs> yeah. um, but before we get to Pigs in Space, let's take a quick break. When we return, we will talk about Pigs in Space, Darth Nader, the Swine Trek, and lots more. Hello, podcast listeners. We're the hosts of the DC3Cast. I'm Zach. I'm Vince. And I'm Brian. Each week, we discuss most of the new releases from DC Comics, focusing mainly on Rebirth, Wildstorm, and Young Animal. 
We also look at the news of the week, discuss the film and television adaptations of DC material, and dig into industry rumors. We've also had a number of DC creators on our show, like Scott Snyder, Jim Lee, Christopher Priest, Steve Orlando, and Joshua Williamson. So, if you like Borat jokes, no bad to end video impressions, this is bad, what the f***? And an in-depth look at DC each week, join us every Wednesday morning at multiversitycomics.com, Apple Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. Come get Jurgens with us all right so we get a two-part pigs in space as as sort of the uh the big feature here and um oh yeah it was two part <laughs> back yes. to back two part but I don't... Uh, there's a quick muppet news flash in between which is a, which is again like the muppet show would often use the news flashes as ways to break up sketches or things like that and so we get that in the middle but we see um <laughs> captain link hogthrob which is a fantastic name, That's but also a, but also a porno name. That's what uh, I was going to mention. <laughs> and Doctor Julius Strange Pork, which again yes, also Strange. a porno name. <laughs> Come on. Um, and then someone said, "And your head size forty two inches thick." I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> yeah, this is about as lewd as the Muppet Show gets. I think. Um, yeah, yeah, because I realized it. I was sort of like, "Oh, is this like?" Like is this Star Trek? I was like, oh no, this is Futurama. This is uh... <laughs> oh, yeah. well. So, yeah. Space was a recurring segment on the Muppet Show that was not created mm-hmm. for this episode. Um, but it was, you know, it it certainly takes from like, you know, this is the time of Buck Rogers and Battlestar Galactica, and you know, all of these other. It, it has like little little flavors of all of these different space and star, uh, you know, television series and movies and stuff. And um, but, you know, it, it, it's they're they're still looking for Chewbacca, and we see Miss Piggy show up, and she gets gets goo goo eyes for Mark Hamill because that's what she does in the show. Miss Piggy is always horny. That's that's canon. <laughs> that Miss Piggy is always horny. Um, and then she comes out dressing like uh, like Princess Leia, yeah. and basically, <laughs> go ahead, Matt. Which again is awkward now, but wasn't then. Yeah. Yes. Yes, we, like, do, we don't know yeah. their siblings yet. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah, because now you're like, oh, why is she dressed as his sister to turn him on? And it's like, well, <laughs> yep. Um, and 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 Mark, not Mark Hamill. I have to keep doing this. Luke, uh, kind of makes a because Mark is in the series. Yes, too. exactly. Mark is in the fiction of this, so I can't, I can't bring him into this scene. Um, but so, uh, Luke kind of insults her and calls her a little bit fat which is you know not the most pc thing but yeah again that's a pretty common muppet thing of just you know whatever uh and then piggy basically threatens him and then he decides she's lovely hmm. um so then in part two we get uh they they land on a planet called uh koozie bane or Kuzabane, um <laughs> which again yeah. sounds like a porno uh yeah all of this that, is very porno, yeah. porno well, we have the best reveal it just made me laugh out loud of uh, Darth Nader uh-huh. in the background uh, looming and then turning. It's like, I'll never know who it is. And it's like, it's clearly Gonzo. You have your hook penis nose. Yes. Like, <laughs> you know it's you. So here is what I want to talk about. The article Liz had sent us that mentioned this was now on Disney Plus said that this episode spoils The Empire Strikes Back. And I thought, huh? Oh, and so what? I read the article. And it turns out what they were saying was that this is the first time that it's ever suggested that 
Darth Vader or hear Darth Nader would be somebody we would know or somebody that would matter in some way. Like, and that I, the more I think about that, that's kind of a really brilliant observation because, mm -hmm. like, when you meet anyone in Star Wars because of Vader, you think, who's that person? When, when Ray shows up, everyone's like, Ray's parents have to be somebody important because in Star Wars, everybody's connected and everyone's like role is a mystery. Mm -hmm. In the film Star Wars, in A New Hope, that does not exist. There is, you know, we're told that Darth Vader murders Anakin Skywalker and there's no mystery as to who Darth Vader is. He's just a bad guy. Just like we don't wonder who's that Grand Moff Tarkin, right? We just accept it as that's, that's like who, that's the bad guy in this and so I guess this does introduce the concept that there is a person behind Darth Vader and that Darth Vader isn't just Darth Vader, period, end of story. Hmm. Hmm. I, yeah. don't, I wouldn't call it a spoiler. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I, th I, th yeah. I think that's I too strong of a term. But I understand what what they're saying, which is like this is the first time that there's ever any question as to who that guy is maybe well mm. and i guess like at the end of a new hope you kind of assume i mean darth vader doesn't die but you know yes that's true yeah he's kind of out of the picture i guess in some sense as well but i guess this kind of brings him back in some way <laughs> the muppets just bring him back yeah Hmm. So it, it's interesting to, to think about it that way. Yeah. Um, but so anyway, we we uh, you know we, we we they find Chewbacca, and um, you know <laughs> Darth Nader seems to be trapped by Chewbacca, but he calls Angus McGonagall, whatever his name is, <laughs> the uh, the Argyle Gargler, and mm. uh, and it all seems lost. But nope, there's a song and dance that come, and it's "You Are My Lucky Star." It's called, <laughs> and Kermit comes out to sing it, and then. Uh, Everyone starts dancing, including Chewbacca and R2 oh. dance together. Yeah. I mean, it again, it is the saddest we see Chewbacca. It is the gayest we see C-3PO. So it is a scene of highs and lows. Yes. 3PO tap dances like Fred Astaire. Um, and they're all like individually dancing. It's just... Yes. Something and they're all just dancing on a weird 1960s Star Trek set or what looks like a Star Trek yes, set. Yes, yes. And then, <laughs> yeah. then Mark ha and then Luke. They, they made Kermit's like, "Come on, Luke, do something." And then he refuses. But Mark Hamill comes out, um, hamming it up as if you know. Again, like uh, there, there is a spectrum of acting on one side is Harrison Ford and the other side is Mark Hamill. Like <laughs> Mark Hamill just goes for this, just throws everything he has into singing when you wish upon a star, which is fucking hilarious because at the time that was a Disney song and neither the Muppets nor star Wars were Disney, but now all three of those are Disney and that song represents all three of them. Which is How just, is that not the spoiler of the episode? Yeah, seriously. It, wow. it presages the Disney Lucasfilm um, Jim Henson Productions <laughs> takeover. <laughs> um, then we get some some cutting edge backstage technolo uh, technology to see both Mark Hamill and Luke Skywalker on the stage together at the same time. And of course it ends with Mark Hamill asking Luke, Who's your tailor? I love that outfit. Just mm -hmm. just one last button on that joke. Um, 
So, Liz, give us some overall thoughts on this. I will tell you that this episode is exactly what I needed during these dull, dark, snowy winter days. <laughs> um, I, and I, I, I watched The Muppet Show when I was younger, and I watching this sort of all those memories flooded back, even just the... Um, the setup, the construction of the show, you know, the way we talked about here, how it's almost SNL or 30 Rock-esque with the little skits in between things. And then I had even called my mom and I was talking and I mentioned The Muppet Show and my mom is someone who is very honest. And she's like, I love The Muppet Show. She's like, where did you watch that? Um, So, and I just, I, I loved the fact that Luke Skywalker and Mark Hamill were two completely different people in this episode and it allowed Mark Hamill just to be Mark Hamill. And that's when he always seems happiest. Mm-hmm. And you know, Luke Skywalker is the role that allowed him to do, I think, you know, all of these other things that he's done in the varying levels of success he's had over the past, I don't know, what, seven, eight, nine, oh, what, 40 years or so. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, you know, it, it was kind of fun to see him do both of those things, you know, just be himself and also be Luke Skywalker and also just some of the ridiculous things like the singing and dancing at the end. Mm-hmm. So I, I did a little research on this and on the Muppet fandom wiki site, it says that Mark Hamill was afraid of being typecast at this era. And so he requested them to do both parts because they wanted Luke and he said both and one of the writers in the show said that um, our whole stance was we wanted the guest stars to be able to do what they wanted to do so they were on board with it which is fun oh wow yeah Um, what's also what's also really fun and I want to get Matt's impressions here is that um, when they were in the meeting with the writers um, Jim Henson had asked if he had any special talents and Mark Hamill put on a Kermit voice and said I've been known to do impressions and Jim Henson said who do you do not realizing he was doing Kermit the Frog and that exact <laughs> joke that exact joke shows up in the episode which again is great it's great <laughs> oh that's amazing that's, yeah, that's great so Matt what did you think of this episode I, I really really enjoyed it again I I went into it, I don't think, fully understanding the Muppets um, and really loved both Mark Hamill and the Muppet crew. And it just was really, really enjoyable. And um, Eileen and I definitely are starting to watch some more of it. It just, it's mind-blowing that this existed at all. I I couldn't imagine this being a present day. It was a primetime show. This yeah, wasn't uh, it wasn't just for kids like this families watched the show together. Yeah, I No, I it's very it, it's such a 70s piece of culture that it's it's well worth revisiting. How much better is a world when families watch this over two and a half men? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like come on. <laughs> um so I just wanted to, to to wrap up here with one quick note. So again, if you go through the Muppet uh, wiki site, which like any good fandom has a Wikipedia site that just blows your mind with how thorough it is. And so it mentions that like, you know, R2 and 3PO appeared on two episodes of Sesame Street, apparently. <laughs> um, 
R2 and 3PO in 1990 <laughs> hooked up a transmission for Tony Danza to interview Miss Piggy on the Disneyland 30th 35th anniversary celebration TV show. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oscar the Grouch appeared aside Darth Vader in a brief cameo in A Night at the Museum Battle of the Smithsonian. Wow. Um, oh, okay. I yep, I've I've seen that. You know, and, and then it just goes through all these different like little things that pop up. There's a special called The Muppets Go to the Movies that features an X-Wing fighter. I know that in an episode of Muppet Babies, in the, actually in the opening credits to Muppet Babies, mm-hmm. they show a shot from Star Wars. Correct. Um, you know, uh, so this is my favorite bit, though. So there, there are all these different little jokes that pop up, you know, throughout. My favorite one is on the commentary track for Muppets from Space, Kermit leaves to get popcorn and doesn't return till the end of the movie. Uh, upon his return, he explains that he went back into the wrong movies, and I was halfway through before I realized that wasn't Gonzo, it was Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. So just, you know, I just love it. I, I love, and I love that now that they're part of the same, like, parent company, we might see more of this. Apparently, on the show Muppets Now, which is the new Disney Plus show. There's an episode called uh, sorry. There's a there's a where uh, Fozzie is pitching Scooter a bunch of new ideas, and his two ideas he pitches two of them are the Pandalorian and <laughs> uh, the Grown Wars. So you know, I just love stuff like that. I, I I love the the connections here. I think I might have told this story on the show before, but my least favorite Muppet connection here is um, so I. I really wanted to show Amelia, my daughter, um, uh, Empire Strikes Back before she got to kindergarten with the thought that a kid would spoil it for her. And I Mm -hmm. didn't want her to know that Vader was Luke's father. I wanted her to find that out on her own. So I kind of really forced the issue here so that we could watch these movies. And when we watched Empire, I I was just watching her watch the movie. And I was specifically watching her watch that reveal. And when it was over, she like she started flapping her wings, as I call it. She gets really excited. She flaps. And she started flapping. She said, uh, oh, my God, it's just like on Sesame Street. There's a Sesame Street segment where Cookie Monster does these movie parodies. Mm. And I believe it was called Crumb Wars, maybe. And in it, the Vader character kind of turns out to be Luke's father. So they spoiled it. So shame on you, Muppets. If Jim Henson was alive, that would have never happened. Um, uh, but so I was not pleased about that but the, the 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 flip side of that I always put out there is that Amelia was very happy when that scene happened and I said how is that happy she goes because they can be a family again Aww. and it was like just such a sweet childish childlike not childish childlike view of that of that scene so I love that um, nice but yeah I am all for us doing a a Muppets episode down the down the road a bit where we watch some of these other appearances. Ooh, I am into that. And uh, I, I think we could probably make that happen somewhere down the road. Um, but yeah, Matt, I, I I can only I can only encourage you and Eileen to watch more uh, to watch more Muppet Show stuff. It's great. Yeah, yes. yeah, definitely. It's going to be a big part of – I mean, when they announced Disney+, Plus, that was not part of the initial announcement. And I was really upset because I was hoping that they would bring that to Disney+. Plus. And um, now that it's finally there, I'm very, very happy that it is there. Thank you for suggesting this, Liz. Oh, you're welcome. I'm glad it worked out so well. Yeah, it's fantastic. What's not to love yeah. about this? 
It was amazing. Yeah. Um, until then, remember, the Force will be with you always.